Yes, he's real. attention to or tag this text based on a theme that's 
been resonating in my mind and in my spirit, in my life, and in the life of our church, in the life of our nation, in the life of this community. And it says, from panic to peace. From panic to peace. There appears to be a, a fever pitch wherever you go, whoever you meet. And I know everybody in here today rode well. You're dressed up and you came in the building and you're doing what we all do, fake it till we make it. But if truth be told, if you are above the ground in this season, in this time of our life, daily it feels as though you're having a panic attack. I've heard it said from one preacher to the next every time we get up to say we're living in some perilous times. The old folks would say it's just getting worse. Clarice Minor would say it's getting worse and worse. I guess if I had time, I'd try to hold a discussion with you as I normally do as we try and work with folk who come to our congregation, come to our church, come that we experience in ministry just in our daily lives, to our families, uh, to folk we interact with. We go to the uh, hospital or we go to the doctor's office and people are in a fever pitch. They're overwhelmed. What's a fever pitch? What is panic all about? It's a sudden uncontrollable fear or anxiety. It's, it causes us to have all kind of wild behavior. It causes us to feel hopeless, to, to see or to sense as though there's nothing we can do about the situation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It has become so bad that we just expect bad news. Come on. When the news come on, it's natural now for us to assume that somebody, some black boy or some black girl standing in the bathroom brushing their teeth, minding their own business, parents feel like they're safe, they're at home. Panic attack, panic attack, we, we feel it. Feel like our backs up, uh, up against the wall. There were some folk wasn't Terry Bonnie, but there was some folk who was waiting on the Mueller decision to take care of a problem we had. And it seems like it just exacerbated the problem, didn't necessarily take care of it. You've exhausted all your resources. And what you understand when you get to that place where you're in panic and you know, I could talk about the storm. I don't want to talk about the storm because we're beyond the storm. We're, we're accustomed to storm. Black folk been in a storm all of their life. So the storm is not unusual. We kind of learned how to deal with the storm. I just want to focus this morning on panic. And I want you to get to admit to yourself, you don't have to say it out loud, but I'm there. And I would want to say that if you're not there, just keep on getting up in the morning. Just keep on living. Because if it hasn't hit your household yet, hasn't hit your community, it's on the way. It's going to take a supernatural occurrence to get us out of this panic mode. What does it look like? It looks like when you lose your job. When you get sick. When the doctor gives a bad report, 
It looks like the family stresses that we used to just kind of manage now, but they've gotten out of hand. We, we don't have any control. We just want to scream. We want to holler. We don't know which way to go, and I might just be talking about myself. I don't know if I'm preaching to any people in here today. Children, grandchildren who act like they've lost their mind. Hurricanes and tornadoes, divorce, more bills than money, and then nowhere to go borrow any from. <clears throat> you go to your friends, they broke too. <clears throat> At this point, the disciples had been with Jesus. They'd seen him heal people, kind of like us. He's got a record with us. Yeah, it's been this bad before. But in a collective way, it just seems like it's happening to too many people at the same time now. But it seems as though they were still unsure who Jesus was. Seems like yet even in the midst of all that he'd already done for them, they could not grasp the concept that they were in his presence or in the presence of something or someone greater than anything they'd ever seen or imagined. Let me just say, because I don't want anybody to feel so pious this morning, there's nobody in this world that will not experience panic or storms or life-changing, life-altering kind of decisions during his or her life. The Bible spoke to us about that. Jesus commanded or his command occurred near the end of Mark 4, 35 through 41. He says, when evening has come, he said to them, let us go across the other side. Now what I want you to understand about let us go across the other side, Jesus is saying this to the disciples. They're just not doing this on their own. They didn't decide Jesus is tired. Jesus has been working. Jesus had been uh, out there doing all of the things and demonstrating to us his power Jesus said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern. Jesus, in the midst of it all, in the midst of the panic, <laughs> he was asleep on the cushion. In our terms today, he, he had the pillow on his head and he had the cover, he was pulling it up. <laughs> and they woke him. I just wanted to know if that was a message that was coming that we might need. <laughs> and they woke him and he said, teacher, do you not care? We're perishing, and he woke, and he rebuked the wind and said, peace be still. The panic that I'm talking about, the kind of anxiety that you're feeling now, my brothers and sisters, as I thought about that and prayed about that and just struggled with love, with God, about how do we help? How do we get to that next place? How do we realize what we've already got? The storm described here must have been pretty fierce. It frightened experienced fishermen like the disciples. These were people like us. You know, we church folk. We've been going to church all of our lives, many of us. Yes, yes. So, so we, we know better, but we just won't do better. But here are folk 
who were familiar with what God could do. They were familiar because God had called them out as disciples, pulled some of them in from the kind of experience that they had. They were fishermen. They knew what the weather would do. Andrew, Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee, worked as fishermen. As fishermen, they would have known that the Sea of Galilee, they would have known that the Sea of Galilee was famous for its sudden severe storms. They know that once you go out there, you're taking a risk. I, I, I uh, was visiting uh, with Pastor along with uh, Deacon Mike, and Deacon Mike was talking about going fishing three and four times a week. And uh, he was talking about the experience of the weather and all of these other things that go on. But he understood because it's something that he did daily, or he did often enough to know what the expectations were. We need to understand that in our moments of panic, in terms of what's going on, we've got some experience with what can happen. We've got some experience with some difficult times, and I admit it's getting worse. But Jesus is just getting stronger and better and more ever-present. He, he's just sitting there waiting. He's telling us and he's taking us in these, pla in these places. He's allowing these kind of things to happen. I tell some folk all the time, I believe the reason Trump is in the White House is that God might get our attention. Some of us haven't prayed the way we pray now. <clears throat> Simply because some things are going on that we have no control over and we have no explanation for. Mm. According to the experts, the storms produce the winds and, and they funnel them through the passes and the canyons surrounding hills and uh, they create these severe turbulences of water. But as experienced folk, as experienced born-again, spirit-filled believers who God has blessed over and over and over again, and even then you didn't know how he was going to do it, but he did. So we ought to have sense enough to know nothing is too hard for God. You hear us say that all of the time. So don't worry about the panic. Just trust God. <clears throat> there were at least three re good reasons why none of these men in the ship should have been disturbed. Fishermen who understood the territory, who understood the relationship, who understood the power, who had witnessed Jesus and as he healed and he walked among us and how he taught parables and demonstrated his power, demonstrated what he was able to do what nobody else could do. They had seen it firsthand. They didn't have to read about it. They were in the midst of it when it was happening. So I just can't understand. And even now as I think about the panic, I think about some other times that there was a fever pitch. And I could go down history and talk about it when it seemed like we weren't going to make it. There are some folk who counted us out. Yeah, yeah. There are some folk who set stuff up that we might not succeed or that it would be so difficult that it would appear that we could not make it. So I'm just going to lift up these three points and I'm going to sit down. But Jesus told me to tell you. What you need to notice is that Jesus promised a guaranteed arrival. If Jesus gave the invitation, I don't want you to miss this. This thing called life. If Jesus gave a guaranteed arrival to the destination, you ought not be worried. Now, the problem is he didn't say that the trip was going to be easy. He didn't say that the road was going to be smooth. 
He didn't say that you weren't going to run into some traffic. He didn't say that the pitch was going to get so high you wanted to turn around and go away. I just hope you get that. To begin with, they had Jesus in the boat. He promised that they were going to the other side. Anybody in here know that Jesus promised you something? If you know and focus on what Jesus promised you, you can deal with the panic. Oh, I want you to get that. That's what God told me. He said, I don't care how bad it looks right now, Jennifer, but if you focus on the promise, I'm going to get you to the other side. Jesus has the authority. Not only does he have the authority, he has the means to do whatever he wants to do. He's sovereign. Nothing can hinder the working of God's plan for our life. So all that stuff that's going on, all of those, you know, if you go down to the state capitol, if you go to city council meeting, if you go to the school board meeting, if you just stay in your house and try to deal with family, it would just look like. But God has a plan for you, for you, and for me. So I'm not going to focus on what's going on around me. I'm going to be involved. because he requires that I be involved. But I'm not going to stop because God has a plan for me. The second point I want to lift up, as the devil is trying to take my voice and he's a liar, because I'm going to scream till it come back. Because God has me on assignment. You all know what it means to be on assignment, right? We need to know that God can handle any situation. Is there anything too hard for God? Think about it. I don't know where you are. Somebody out there saying, I'm in their house. I'm in their business. I must know something. Somebody told me something. I just know what's going on in my life. I know what's going on in the life of the people that God allows us to minister to and with. I know that. Know that God can handle any situation. He himself has with them whatever it is that we need. So there's no need and no, <clears throat> there's no need at all to fear. They've already seen his power. He's demonstrated that. We already know what God is able to do. Just think about it. Who would have thought you'd be where you are today? If it had not been for the Lord on our side. Where would we be? Now, that's something old as me to know that we came out of shotgun houses, huh? hand-me-down clothes, catching the bus, not Uber, trying to get where we needed to go. God has everything that we need. For some reason, though, the disciples did not yet understand. Now, I don't want to be too hard on the disciples because they might have been new in faith, you know. They hadn't seen as much as we've seen, but... When you've seen as much as we've seen, when you've gone through a Katrina, when you've gone through all of the things we go through as people, we ought not have no doubt that God can't handle the situation. The third thing I want to lift up as I prepare to take my seat, Jesus is always in control of our circumstances. He would want me to tell you this morning as he's talking to me, whatever you brought in the building, don't worry about it. You have the privilege right now to shift the load. Finally, we can read in the account Jesus saying, 
peace be still, be quiet. That's what he's saying this morning. I don't know if you're going to get it or not, though. Whatever you're going through, there's Jesus right there to say, peace be still. Say those crazy children, grandchildren that I'm talking about, that I'm worried about, the only thing that's going to take care of that is that Jesus can step in. He can step in and change their walk and talk. He can step in and they'll come to their senses. And all we got to do is trust him. He'll calm the raging inside our souls. When we find ourselves raging and tossing and turning on the inside, Scripture tells us what to do. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, when panic comes, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what will happen? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. While it is great to see the storm around us calm down, the panic to kind of smooth over, it's even greater when our souls become calm. God has not promised to bring peace to every storm. I don't want to give you any wrong information. Every storm or every panic attack that you have, He's there. He's ever-present. He's all-powerful. He has all wisdom and all knowledge. He's immutable. So he could change the situation if he chose to, but he's doing something. He's, he's fine-tuning things. He's getting us ready for the journey. Let me see if I can wrap this up quickly. When the culture changes and things are as they are, and we sometimes feel threatened. The only thing we can be confident in is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not just about being fearful. The fear is about being reverent and knowing who God is. So what I want to suggest to you this morning is that in the midst of your panic, and like I said, I don't know if you're right in it right now, but keep on living because yours could be today or tomorrow. Don't panic. Pray. Call on the captain of the ship. Jesus is bigger than any situation. And the good news is he's on board. Wherever you are, he's on board. The spirit of the living God is within you, so he's on board whether you know it or not. Now you just need to call up the resource, and he'll bless you. He'll step in your situation this morning, and he'll say, peace be still. And he'll say, all as well. We were, remind, we were reminded on last Sunday morning, and you couldn't get in here. They were still on the outside trying to get in, but this is the way we respond to the resurrection. We wait till next year. Well, I don't want us to wait till next year. I want us to take that panic in our life and respond and let folk know that what last week was about was that on Friday evening there was panic all over the land. The panic was about our rock in a weary land, our shelter in the time of storm. The panic was about our strong tower. The panic was about our way out of nowhere. The panic was about our water in dry places. The 
panic was about our bread and starving land. The panic was about our heavy loaf cat. It was about Jesus dying and us not really knowing what was going to go on. So panic did. But you heard the preacher and we were just waiting on him to say, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He got up with all wisdom. He got up with all knowledge. He got up with all peace. He got up so he could be on board with us. He got up with the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. Just need to tell you as I take my seat, doesn't matter what it looks like. When Jesus is on board, when we're trusting him for the outcome, as a friend often says to me, because you know it, won't he do it? 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 He's able to do it. He has everything that you need to calm the world. The old son says, it's well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like the sea billows roll, Whatever my life, whatever my panic's about, there has been taught me to say, it's well, it's well, it's well, it's well, it's well. Somebody needs to hear this this morning, it's well. Don't be too pretty this morning. Nobody's gonna worry about you, but God says to tell you it's well. Nobody else can fix it but the fixer. The one who's able to do above and abundantly more than anything we can think or imagine. I don't know, let me testify. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't even know when he's going to do it. But I do know that he'll walk in. It's well. Can I get you to say that? Affirm that for yourself this morning. It's well. that he can't change. And you don't have to leave the way you come today. Whatever you brought, know that it's well. I don't know what it is, but God knows. I know what it is for Jennifer Jones. <laughs> but I don't know what it is for you. But God knows. And he said to tell you this morning, it is well. Don't know what you're going through. Don't know what the outcome might be. But I know when God says it, just like he told the disciples, let's go to the other side. Storms may rise. Panic might get in the way. But when he's in charge, it's well. It's well. There's somebody in the building. Somebody. Feel it in my spirit. Yes. That needs to know that it's well. Oh, yeah. 
Now those who are born again, spirit-filled, who've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you know that's all right. You understand what it means to be well. And because you're in relationship with him, because you know who he is, because not only did he save you, not only on Sunday morning did he get up early. I don't want to get ahead of the ascension service, but I just got to tell you, he's present. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And not only that, he allows the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, is in you if you said yes to him. You can know that as well, too, this morning. Not going to take long. I'm just going to extend the invitation and invite you.